You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. With the delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw. The runner breaks to the plate. Here's the throw. Wow. It is out. The Buckos win. That ball's hit well to left center field. Back toward the track. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks this wonderful uh, morning. I'm not sure what happens at the beginning of the show, but anyways, how's everyone doing? How are you doing, Jim? This is My name's Anthony DiNardo. I'm all thrown off right now. With me, we got Jim Rosati. Jim, happy Tuesday. We are shooting on a Tuesday today. Happy Tuesday. Yeah, we actually made it on our scheduled day. So I know. That's interesting. Oh, it's going to be a good day, Jim. It's going to be a good week. I feel it. The Pirates coming off a two-win series. How about that? Ten losses in a row and then... And the Bass decide to wake up this past weekend. Seriously, they uh, they had Cleveland come into town. No match for the Indians. They're just way too good. So they took two out of three. Hey, even the Diamondbacks won last night. So it's a really good week. The Diamondbacks did win. Was it? And they, it wasn't even close. It was like a five-one win or something like that. All you, hey, the Brewers and the Indians, right? There's your there's your teams. You need to take away your streak. Just shows you anything could happen. Yeah, that's what it is. But that's baseball. Anyways, though, yeah, let's let's talk maybe a little bit about that series. Uh, I mean, the Pirates, they couldn't keep losing, right? I mean, they're not that pathetic. We know they're bad, but they're not like, you know, Diamondbacks pathetic. They're going to win sometime. Now, the AL Central, we know, is pretty much trash as well. So the Indian, Indians come into town. The Pirates. Now, first off, let's talk about that first game. Ooh, that was a wild one. The the Pirates, I mean, you say the Bats woke up. They woke up, Jim. They came out firing. They're up 11-1. to 1. Game over, right? All done. Everyone go to bed. It's not quite what happened, Jim. It's not quite what happened. In Pirates fashion, the Indians came back and made it a game. Ten runs is not enough for the whole pack of the Pirates uh, relievers this, this time around, I guess. Yeah, um, eleven to one. Chad Cool pitched great, by the way. Um, let's, men- let's get that out of the way. Mention that his first win of Thank the season. Um, if you don't mind saying that one more time, Jim. Chad Cool pitched great for once. Um, six innings, one one run, four hits, one walk, struck out four. So. Nice outing for him. Um, but then wheels started to come off right after that. He gets pulled. It's an 11 to one game. Um, Sam Howard comes in. Who's been, I mean, we've, we've talked about Howard a few times on, yes. on this and I mean, he's been great all year and uh, he just did not have it like whatsoever. Um, was getting shelled, was walking people. Didn't look good. Um, Somehow he was able to stay in there for 33 pitches. Well, because ended up <laughs> he didn't have anyone tell him not to stay in there. Right. So he was somehow able to be in there for 33 pitches, gave up six runs. And by the time that he was done, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a, it was a ball game again. Um, Bednar luckily came in, closed the door that inning, but then, uh, then Kyle Crick did the exact same thing that Howard did. Came in, couldn't throw the ball anywhere, was getting hit hard. Um, I think he even hitting people. Hit, he hit two, two people. Yeah, like didn't know where the ball was going whatsoever. He gives up three runs. Next thing you know, it's eleven to ten. The tying <laughs> runs like on third base. <laughs> and then it's like, what is going on here? But yeah. Um, and that's the thing too, they like Rich Rod comes yeah. in, you know. Even Rich Rod was given up. He had two hits. So right, looking a little hits. little bit shaky there, but he held it down and 
I guess you can say earned the save after the Pirates were leading ten runs. Yeah, absolutely man. bonkers game. It was crazy, and and that was like the one thing. And we're not saying we've all said how the bullpen as a unit is is very average, but there are definitely some some nice pieces there. Uh, I mean, right? Like when the strength air quotes of this team strength has been the bullpen. Like that's what really that's what gave it up that game. I mean, they gave up nine. I mean, Earned run. Sam <laughs> Sam Howard's season earned run average, his ERA basically doubled. Yes, it's a four 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 right now. <laughs> yeah, and I think he I think he came into the game with it. It was like two four or something like that. So that almost right. almost doubled his entire season's ERA. Right. And so let's talk about that. So part of it was like we said, like Howard was just walking everyone, getting hit. You know, point two innings. He had two walks, four hits, home run, and of course the six earned. Uh, he just he wasn't on at all. It, it wasn't it wasn't there. And that's the thing. Like I get you have a ten run lead, so a couple runs here and there, not that big of a deal, right? But you almost lost the game in in one inning, just one inning alone with Howard. Like that's how bad he was. And you, as the manager, just said. Oh, we're good. We'll, we'll just keep up there. Like you said, like, how did he last that long? How do you look that awful? And and he did. He looked awful. It wasn't as just like you have to hand it to the the Indians on how well they, they were hitting or whatever. I mean, it was he looked really bad. He was not himself. And obviously the next day he goes on the IL. So to speak about how I'm not looking himself. So how do you as a manager let him go 33 pitches that inning? That's part of it. And I think we'll touch on that a little bit more here. Um, and then, yes, with Crick hitting the two guys, the, the one thing I said, it's funny, you and I both said on Twitter like the same exact time. You know, we understand that one of the side effects with the sticky ball situation, right, the, the lack of all substances is you're probably going to maybe see a lot more hitters being hit by the pitcher because mm-hmm. of not having grip, you know, losing the ball. Those two incidents, I don't think was about that at all. That was like your typical because no. that ball moved. The, the, both of those sliders had some movement. I just think oh, yeah. it's it was the typical crick where he has no idea where the ball's going ever, anyways, and it just ended up running into the hitter's sh- well, the shin. The one time I forget where the second guy got hit, probably the same area. <laughs> but well, Jose Ramirez, he had to leave the game, right? Right. He, it hit like he the inside hit. of his his like shin there. Yeah. So, yeah, crazy, absolutely crazy. I, I, I really thought I was like, you know what? We're, we just lost ten in a row. We've, we've now taken a ten-run lead in this game, and <laughs> this is going. Out. I was like, I was like, we're gonna lose because just that's what we do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, unbelievable. I, I can't believe they, they, they did that. Um, I mean, I guess I can, but it was, it was, it was a wild game. It was fun. I mean, it was a lot of, it was a lot of entertainment value to it. Uh, and, and the bats obviously, you know, were, were, were alive and that was good to see because they haven't been alive in it seems like two weeks, but uh, yeah, crazy game. They held on. So that was good. Right. Yes. Um, and that was the other thing, man. I'm telling you, when the Pirates were up, I think it was, what, 7-1 to one or something like that. I was just like, I'm going to do something here. And I had this idea. And, and the Pirates just kept adding to the total. I'm like, oh, this is even better. Like, I'm I'm safe. This is perfect. And, you know, I don't know if you saw it, but I put a tweet out there, you know, making fun of Gab Gowdy, you know, the, the famous Cleveland fan or whatever. Everyone we'll likes to troll or whatever. So I put out this, this tweet making fun of Gab Gowdy, thinking the Pirates are safe with the 10-run lead. And I'm like, there's no effing way Jim this thing is going to come back and haunt me and I tell you I was on the edge of my seat like I cannot believe the Pirates are going to lose a 10 run lead and make me look like a fool and she's going to come back and say something to me so thankfully they didn't for my sake as well but yes so that was that was a hell of a game uh so I guess I don't know I don't know what a gab gowdy is you're lucky (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I follow a single person who has anything to do with Cleveland sports. 
All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> Anyways, so let's move on to the next day. The Pirates. There it is. I'm like, where the hell is this box score? All right. So the Pirates yeah. win six to three. It was a much cleaner game. They're the ones that came back actually this time. Yeah, that was a normal game, and yeah, yeah, comeback, comeback time. All all six runs were scored in one inning in the seventh <laughs> inning. Yeah. So uh, I said it was what uh, Karenich. Oh, Shaw. That's what it was. Shaw mainly. It's like Shaw looked at Howard and said, "Don't worry, buddy. I got your back." <laughs> and he and he was the one that gave the beginning for them. So thankfully, the Brian Shaw came in. He uh, oh he didn't even record an out. I didn't even realize that he didn't record an out. So three mm-hmm. walks and it hit and he gave up four earned runs. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was <laughs> bad. He was bad. And uh, the Pirates had two home runs. Perez, who basically he either gets a home run or he gets out. Like, right. He doesn't really do anything else. He's hitting one fifty two on the year now. He's got five home runs. Isn't he and, third on like, the team? with home runs i think he is think and he, is. he only has like 70 plate appearances or something like that so he's <laughs> right. he's he's probably like the most prolific power hitter on the team he homers like once every 12 or 13 at bats something like that um, but that's like he also only gets a hit once every 12 or 13 at bats um but no so perez with a big three two three-run homers perez three-run homer and then reynolds three-run homer so it's not it was nice to see them um you know, make Cleveland pay for all those walks, right? I mean, five yeah. walks in that inning. And, uh, and they were like, Hey, if you're going to give us free passes, we're going to, we're going to bop over the fence when these guys are on base. So that was, that was cool. So again, speaking of the offense, waking up on Friday night, still there. I mean, it might've just been one inning, but it was still there, right? Pirates scored mm-hmm. six runs. They, they, they came clutch. Brian Reynolds came clutch as well, hitting a home run. Like you said with Perez, um, I mean, obviously, like the big standouts this weekend is just what it normally is. I mean, Adam Frazier was doing his thing for the most part. Brian Reynolds really doing his thing. Uh, but I guess, I don't know. Um, Hayes kind of cooled off a little bit, but he did have some nice timely hits throughout the series. Um, I think he was, he had two hits, but I think one of them, he, he had a big, he had that big three run double. Where really yes. without that on Friday night, you know that that ended up being the difference maker. Actually, that that really that, cool. those actually, were yeah. Those <laughs> you were didn't think so at the time. That was yeah. more just the insurance runs. Now that was like the game winning hit. <laughs> yeah, you didn't think so, but like those were runs nine, ten, and eleven. Without those, they would have lost. Right. Um. So so, I want to maybe talk a little bit about Will Crow because I. I don't know, man. Like, it wasn't the best outing by him by any means. Like, he gave up two home runs, but those two home runs were the only runs scored. It wasn't his best game, but it wasn't terrible. I mean, 4.2, two earned runs. I know, like, the overall numbers, like, look bad. But I don't know. And it could just be a difference of you and I, because I think I know where you stand with him more than I I do. I'm still on this. I'm semi-intrigued with Will Crow. I still am like, what is Will Crow? Because I've, like, when you watch him, there's parts that make me feel like he can be a pretty competent pitcher. You know, I'm looking like, obviously, like, best case scenario is still like a five-star. You know, he's not anything, like, spectacular by any means. I'm not looking at Will Crow and saying, oh, this guy could be an ace. Or this guy's a middle rotation guy. What I'm looking at, I'm saying is I had no, no feeling that he was going to be any part of this rotation. And now when I watch him pitch, I, I feel like maybe he could. <laughs> Your face tells me a lot. Go ahead, Jim. <laughs> Fight me. Do it. No, I mean, I feel like Will Crow is like your new Chad Cool fascination where you, you, you think he's good, but he's not. It's No, 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 no. I'll, I'll, um, let me go on record and say something. Okay. I, I get what you're saying. Chad Cool, I really believed in. Will Crow, I don't. Yeah, Will yeah. Crow, I want okay. to see more. Like he, he intrigues me because I expected him to be really bad. And I don't think he's as bad as I expected, even though the overall numbers explain it. But to me, even like start to start, he's different. Like, like I say, like he goes 97, then the one started, he goes 94. And it's just like, what is Will Crow? I want more sample size from him. What is Will Crow? He doesn't have the chat stuff. At 
best. Like his ceiling, he's a five starter. And like that's if everything goes well. Um, and I agree, with but that. and I, I think for the most part though, he's just rotational depth. He's someone who's capable of going out there and throwing five or six innings, and maybe not, and maybe not getting knocked around. But you've also seen him get knocked around. I, I think ultimately he's a reliever. I know. I, I, I just think that's the case. He, he's now had what ten starts on the year? No, ten games. Nine of those have been starts. Um, and he has looked good in some of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a his, really, really his, bad outing. Yeah, I mean, the game against the Brewers, that, that eight strikeout game, he looked he looked great. Um, and and like he goes through he goes through stretches where he looks good. But I mean, at the end of the day, he's. 10 games he's 0-4 with a 6-4-2 earned run average like at what point are you like okay yeah he looks good at times but people are still hitting off of him you know um so i'll put it this way to answer your question that's where i'm at like you ask at one point at what point i'm not at that point yet okay that's kind of where i'm (laughs) i'm just at here it's it's good this is the last season because i do want to see more of will crow and i'm still on record saying like if the Pirates are going to be good, it's probably not going to have Will Crow in the the rotation. Like they probably going to have a, a really nice five starter in that sense that can be exceptionally better than Will Crow, hopefully. But I don't, I don't know, man. Like I don't look at Will Crow and just say this guy's awful for some reason. Maybe I'm just an idiot. I I've, I've been proven that I'm an idiot at times on this show. As well, speaking of Chad Cool, <laughs> right? So yeah. I'm okay with that. Uh, but I. To me, I'm not closing the book on Will Crow yet. I just, for some reason, he fascinates me, and I don't know why. I mean, I'm fine with him going out there every fifth day, right? I mean, because I mean, who else are you going to throw out there? Um, so I, I'm completely fine with him getting starts and 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 showing what he can do. But I think I know who he is, and and who he is is a he is deaf guy. He's a depth guy who is capable of putting some innings together. I think probably in the long run, best suited for like that Chris Stratton type role, you know, that he's excelled at. Right. I mean, so I, I think that's, I think that's who he is. Again, I'm, I'm fine with him starting at this point because again, who's going to do it, but yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not really intrigued or interested. Okay. By Will Crow anymore. And, and that's that's very fine. Yeah. That's very fine. All right. So we'll move on from Will Crow. Uh, anything else standing out from that game that you wanted to touch on to recap? Um, no. No. <laughs> no. I'll, no I'll just, that was just that, that Saturday's win. Yeah. Saturday's win. That was. I'll that just was say this. Uh, Rich Rod good, did come good. in again. He did give up an earned run. So. Maybe some minor concerns about Rich Rod, you know, heading into this trade deadline immediately after the whole, you know, ban the substance stuff. And then, you know, Rich Rod looked kind of shaky the past two outings. Just something to keep an eye on. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. And then, to look at. so Sunday's game, the Pirates lose two to one. They don't get the sweep. Here, I think we have some issue that's going to transition into our next topic. Speaking of people that are pitching well, Brubaker's on the mound. Brubaker's yeah. pitching a hell of a gem. Pitching fantastic. Only goes 6.2. Takes the L. <sighs> when I think to... <sighs> yeah. So let's let's kind of get to this. So so JT Brubaker, just, he, he's rolling, right? Like, I mean, he's just straight up shoving um he leads off the bottom of the sixth inning right so pirates are batting in the bottom of the sixth they're down one nothing Mm -hmm. and he hits right um he strikes out but the pirates later in that inning you know string some hits together and they tie the game up in the sixth um then the seventh comes along and i joke you know, I, I joke as Brew Baker was actually 
in the on deck circle in the sixth inning, I go, Shelton, you know, someone tweeted out Shelton's going to let Brubaker hit. And I was like, watch, he'll probably take him out after one batter in the seventh. <laughs> well, I was close. <laughs> he took him out after three batters in the seventh. So he strikes out Bobby Bradley to lead off the inning, gives up a double to Rosario. Um, so, which was really like the first. Yes. I, I mean, it wasn't even like, it wasn't a bad pitch or anything. That was the other thing I wanted to point out in this game. Like, Brubaker basically gave up two hits, mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially. He gave the home run and then the double. The home run to Harold Ramirez was a fastball three inches off the plate inside that somehow, I don't know how Ramirez was able to get around on it and keep his hands inside enough to keep that ball fair. But an amazing piece of hitting by Ramirez hit that ball out. And if you remember, it was right after that slider that he threw too that was 20 inches off the plate that Ramirez threw his bat at to stay alive. So, um, and so it, I mean, it's not like Brubaker made any mistakes there. It was just an insane piece of hitting. Rosario, the same thing. It was a breaking ball down, down. I mean, that ball probably would have bounced if Rosario didn't hit it. Um, and then Rosario, you know, he hits it off of the, the Clemente wall. So runner on second, um, and then he gets a ground out. So it's one to one two outs in the seventh and he takes Brubaker out. Josh Naylor up to bat. Josh Naylor up to bat. Josh Naylor, he of a, let me do some really quick math here. 679 OPS, Josh Naylor, (laughs) right? Yeah. On deck, we've got an even worse hitter, Ryan LaVarnway, right? So, and you've got an empty base. So you could either hit, you could either pitch to Josh Naylor, who sucks, or you could walk him and face Ryan LaVarnway, who, guess what? He also sucks. So a lot more, (laughs) a lot, a lot more. I mean, they're not, yeah, they're not good players at all. Either of them, really. Um, I mean, you could say Josh Naylor's maybe got some potential, but geez, what are we doing here? Brubaker's at 76 pitches. He's only given up three hits the entire game, two of which we just talked about were just unreal pieces of hitting. He struck out nine batters. Like he is just, just he's just mowing people down. And Shelton comes out of the dugout and pulls him with the, with this run on second with this runner on second. I was about to lose my mind. Um, I don't know if I can find my, my, my tweets here, but I was, I was very, um, vulgar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just like, what, why are you making these terrible, terrible decisions? Not a single person watching that game would have said, oh, now's the time you take Brubaker out. Not a single person. 75 pitches he said i mean it was 75 pitches in and he's just out on an absolute tear and you take him out you bring in a borderline major leaguer mm-hmm. right i mean we're not even we're not talking about you know sam howard's on the il i mean so this, you're is, not even, bringing this is the in, guy who wasn't even like making the club on the pirates to begin with and that's a bad team right yeah, you're 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 not bringing in sam howard your your main lefty right because he's now on the il because you just let him throw 33 pitches and he tweaked his, I think it was his knee or something that's been bothering him. So yes. yeah, maybe, yeah, you probably just made him pitch too long. Stupid idiot. Um, <laughs> so instead, instead we bring in, Chasen, fault, instead we bring in Chasen Shreve, right? Who's, he's basically a triple A slash major he's barely a major leaguer let's let's just say this right he's he's a he is a guy like he's one of those guys where you look at and you're like okay this guy strictly is playing baseball only because he can throw a ball left-handed like that's if you were a righty like there's there's absolutely no chance right um so he brings in chase and shreve and and i mean let's not say Jason Shreve does a bad job. I mean, he he executed his pitch. He got a weekly hit ground ball. It just happened to get through and 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 
Indians take the lead two to one. But like, what are you thinking? Why are you, why are you making that move? It, it just doesn't make sense to me after the game, you know, he's asked about it and, and he basically just repeated what I just said, you know, well, you know, it was, I wanted the lefty lefty matchup. Shreve executed his pitch. We just didn't get lucky. Right. Well, yeah, that happened, but why you still didn't answer like why didn't you take him out like why don't you have faith to let your young starter get through this when he's pitching lights out i don't know it's just he's he's he is getting on my nerves his welcome is long um it's long gone now um like there's we've seen some bad managers right as pirates fans but Shelton, absolutely brutal. I, I he's just time and time again, just terrible, terrible decisions. I don't want him anywhere near this team. Like once, once it's competitive. So I'm absolutely with you, and I think there's even more aspects you look at this. So again, like I, okay, the left and left, like okay, that would have been basically Sam Howard's point to come in the game, but Sam Howard wasn't there. So because by default, like the only guy left for that matchup for you to do is. Shreve, he comes in. And so so here's where you're at. You want to play the numbers game, but I mean, it, is Shreve really that guy? Are, are you that guy? Like, even though the numbers are there, do you want to say, I would still rather have this guy to be there pitching? Only because, like you said, he's a man that throws left-handed. Or do I want to say, I still would rather trust in Brubaker, understand the matchup, or again, just walk him and go to the barn way. <laughs> there, the matchup's gone, and now you're facing this guy who is not a good hitter, and you just get out of the inning and call it a day. Because, I mean, do you have no faith in a Brubaker versus LeVarnway matchup? Career 216 hitter, Ryan LeVarnway. So what's the what's the decision? Like okay, then just miss the matchup. Bye. Go away with it. Go the Varnway. Get out of the inning. Or even is or okay. The go, go and have him pitch to to Naylor. Because again, I understand the matchup, right? But he's not that great of a hitter. Yet, probably still never will be a good hitter. But Brubaker is dealing, and here's something too. Okay, and I think this does. So go back to like my complaint I had last week a little bit, where it seems like the kid gloves are on the starting pitchers to such a fault that we put so much pressure on the bullpen. And like here's just like another example of it. Like the such the kid gloves. Like I understand protecting, and and that's great. And I think that that's why I give Shelton some pass this year on the way he manages his pitchers is because you really have to think about health. That's the main concern. And the season that doesn't matter, I think the main concern is coming out healthy, not having like half your rotation go out on Tommy John, because then that really sucks for your, you know, your, uh, your rebuild here. But at the same time, there's a development issue, you know, and where there was one moment I feel like in the past two weeks that, you and I both felt like I'm glad he like he got out of whatever it was, right? Like, like this would have been that moment for Brubaker. Let's test him. You know, like the the getting him out there feeling good can go so far. You know, and earlier on the season that was part of it. And yeah, let's get him out of here. Let's build on these starts. Well, now we're I mean, we're halfway into the season almost. Like you've built up on them. Let's face some adversity. Let's put Brubaker in that situation. So here, here it is. Go out there. You're my guy. You're dealing. You're my guy. Let's do it. And let's have him face Naylor. Even if you don't want to walk him and go vault the barn way. Like, okay, then face Naylor. Face him. Do it. I trust in you. You're going to pull me out for this guy that you just called up from AAA after what I just pitched? You know, like, that's how I feel if I'm, I'm Brubaker. You're going to put this guy in here to face... You don't trust me to face Josh Naylor? You're going to put this guy in here? Did you just see what I've been doing? 
I'm pissed off if I'm Brubaker. I'm punching Shelton right in the face. <laughs> and that's just how I feel like oh, that's I mean, a slap to the yeah, face. You're today. right. I yeah. mean, let me do this. Let me finish this off. I got this. And it's not as if he was struggling out there. Or, you know, like you said, it was 70. What was it again? 71 pitches? 76 pitches. 76 pitches. So, so again, like, why is this magical number at 70 all of a sudden for this team? Like, like we had the Will Crow situation the week before. Now we have the Brubaker situation here. I'm just not getting it with Shelton. And it's funny because Mitch said this in our in our uh, chat here on the stream. And it's something I tweeted. Like, I, I'm at the point, too. He says, like, starting to... He started the conspiracy theory now. Shelton is managing to suppress arm numbers. And that's where I'm at. Like I said, like what are we doing here? Is he just really this bad? Or are we just suppressing arbitration numbers? Because now here's another L on on uh, Brubaker's stat sheet that we can say, well, you're not that good of a pitcher. Yeah, I think he's just that bad of a manager, to be honest with you. <laughs> um and that explains everything. Like, like pressing, we're, we're yeah. really at conspiracy theories. That's how bad no, Shelton has right. shown himself to be. Last year's conspiracy yeah. was we're tanking, and he's in on it. And now the conspiracy mm -hmm. is Warwick must be suppressing Arbum. Like everything's conspiracy because of how bad he is. Because you just think, well, it can't be this bad. There's got to be something bigger. That is kind <laughs> of funny. Like the past two years, there have been people who have like almost not, not necessarily made excuses, but that's almost what they're doing. They're like, well, he's doing this because of this. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, he just seems like he's completely clueless out there. Um, his, his I, I will say like, typically his actual management of the bullpen has been pretty decent, but the whole leaving, not leaving in starters long enough. And then really the Sam Howard situation on Friday too kind of made me upset. Like he clearly, clearly didn't have it. And like we see him pull these starters after 75 Sam pitches. Sam Howard pitched almost half the pitches in 0.2 yeah, innings as Zubaker did the whole game. Threw 33 pitches to like eight batters and he just sat there and let him do it. And it's like, dude, he doesn't have it. Like, Get him out of the game. Like it, it, Everyone can see it. And that's what Just I'm getting at. Him. Like, why are the starters such baby gloves? And uh, every reliever can go out there and just th – their arms are all going to fall off. I don't care two, two shits about it. I don't care. Let them – if they die, they die. But for the, the starters, oh, my God, you know, he's got a right. paper cut. Let's get him out of here. But, you know, this guy's yeah, arm fell man. off, and it's like, well, you got another one. <laughs> Keep pitching. I I don't get it, and and I don't. Yeah, I don't get why like seventy five pitches is now this number. Like the the the, the guys can throw more than this. <laughs> I mean, they've been doing it their entire careers. I, I'm I'm trying to find a game log here for Brubaker. I want to see like what was what's the most pitches Brubaker has thrown this year. I feel like he's been like a pretty efficient guy. Okay, so Brubaker has gone into the nineties once. But he typically is in that 80 range. Um, and the last two starts, he's only gone 71 and 76. And it's not like they were bad starts. He's just getting pulled early. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know. And, and I do appreciate, like, I mean, the you know, everybody's asking him at least why, you know, he's he's getting he's they're asking him why he's doing this. And I just I, just, I his answers are bad. Like he's just giving bad answers. You know, it, it's he, he's doing it because he thinks it's the right move and it's just clearly not. And he's the only person in the entire ballpark who thinks it's the right move. I mean, when he walked out to get Brubaker in that 1-1 game, right? The, the first, really the first weekend that PNC Park had a pretty decent crowd, that's, right? Yeah. That's um, the whole crowd boos him um, going <laughs> out there to pull, pull him. And I'm like... And, and they're like, what do you think about the booze getting booed? And he's like, I like that there's fans in the stands and they're passionate. It's like, well, they still think you're an idiot. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here thinking, man, that 2020 was a blessing for you because <laughs> you're about to find oh, out geez. how passionate these fans are. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's starting to wear off a little bit. I think, I, you know, most people are going to give him a pass. And the other thing, too, is like, let's not. This team's bad. 
right? Like the players aren't good, but you still got to put everybody in your bet in their best position to succeed. And he's just not doing it. No, I'm glad you said that because that's a very good, that's a very good point. Um, and let's maybe touch it at a, just a little bit to that point. I, I fully understand where you're coming from, but I, I do want to say two things can be true. You can't have understanding that this team is bad and there's probably not a whole lot he could do. I mean, for one, Let's go back to what, what I think all of us kind of agree with that the managers have really not that much of an effect on a game, right? I mean, if you have bad players, you have bad players. So it's not like, you know, shown, you could have the best manager here of all time and this team's not going to be good. So he's dealt with a bad hand and I get that. And that's why some things it's, it's whatever, but he can also show you that he makes some really bad decisions. And like you said, so once his team is good, I, I, he's he's not that guy. It's it's not Sheldon. Right. Whatever his contract is up, it's up, and we're moving on because I've seen enough. And and I'm 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 all year. I've pretty much said you know I've been talking about how there hasn't been a whole lot that has really made me angry or upset about him this year. You know, and I give him some passes and some things mm-hmm. I do understand. So I feel like to a default, I've almost been on his side in most cases. You know, than not. You know, and understanding that. But there are just at times, and this is one of them, where there's no there's there's no reason, there's no excuse you can give me for this. This was just bad, you know. And you can't criticize him for what. So like the people out there, like oh Shelton's an idiot, he lost his game. Shelton, Shelton, Shelton. Like there's way more problems on this team than Shelton or Gregory Polanco. There's way more problems, but you can highlight what Shelton has done. And yes. You're right, man. Like, I've seen enough of Shelton to know. I'm not saying he needs fired tomorrow because, again, this is a lost season. Who cares at this point in that sense? But I've seen enough yeah. at this point. There has not been a good enough progression at all for me even to give him the benefit of the doubt as being a new manager to say that he's earned anything to be the manager going into this next shot. Like, he's not Clint Hurdle. <laughs> no. I mean, we complained about Hurdle a lot, but can I yeah, have him back? I, I, I mean, Sheldon at this point, I don't think could, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't hold a candle to him. So it's not even close. And, and it's just, just brutal decision after brutal decision. And, and like, you don't get a ton of chances to win games with this team. Right. So I think that's another reason why maybe his mistakes are highlighted a little bit because, okay, we finally have a chance to win. And then he he makes a decision that backfires. You're up uh, ten maybe, runs. Maybe, You're maybe up ten runs. But yeah, like these are these are games that like this game shouldn't have been this close, and he let it get that close by just leaving this dude in there who clearly didn't have it. And then just the you know two days later, he does the complete opposite. Um, yeah, I, I I don't get it. But yeah, I, I've I've come to the conclusion now that I like I don't want him, I don't want him near a competitive Pirates team. I mean, give him give him next year and that's and then it. that's it. That's it. Yeah, twenty twenty three better be another guy because that's again if we can discuss the rebuild and such. But if anything, that's the point where it's close enough where that's going to be the start of the next next core. You know, all together, right? You better have your new guy there. Okay. Is there anything else you want to go off on Shelton for right now? Because there'll be, you know, oh, I know Thursday's coming and there'll be there more will be, too. There will be other other decisions, I'm sure, coming up shortly. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So maybe we'll touch a little bit on Keller here. So Keller, was mentioned, goes down the AAA. Uh, he had a, coming out of the, the bullpen, coming into relief, he had a good first start. Second start was not so good. Seemed as if basically the same issues came up. Thoughts on that, Jim? Yeah, I I, mean, I like the fact that they're using him in the bullpen. Um, actually, I kind of like that. Um, just to, you know, just one of those things that go out there and just throw, you know. Um, so so I, I, I like that. But yeah, first, first game, um, looks like it was against Memphis. He, he faced, you know, one, two, three inning, struck out two batters. Second game, though, 
you know, kind of went off the rails. Command wasn't there Mm -hmm. in particular. I think they were saying his fastball command was kind of all over the place, but in in his second, second game, he can't, he couldn't even finish his two innings that he was supposed to pitch, Um, walked three batters, gave up a hit, gave up a run, did strike out three hitters, which he, I mean, he should be doing. He should be striking out more than one, one hitter in inning in triple a, uh, but but the command just was not there last time out. So again, just just got to keep an eye on him. Um, I, I like that they're going to do this one to two innings at a time, though, um, just to see if he can get back on track, get back to just throwing and uh, seeing if he can find find his command because that's that's the issue is the command and and then he's got to figure something out with that fastball. Because right. he, he just can't he can't leave that fastball in the middle of the plate. It's getting crushed. Yep. And one thing I'm going to highlight and point out here too is these have been issues. So I want to say too, like having this outing doesn't change my mind about Keller. It's not like oh god, when I was in AAA and he did this, like this is it. This is it for Keller. You know, like this has been an issue. He's got to clean it up. So him having this outing. This has been his problem. Like, this is what he has to work on. Again, maybe more reason to show, like, maybe he should be in AAA right now. Uh, so we can do this. So, like, he has had this issue. So seeing it doesn't change anything. Like, that's why he's here. Um, how does he progress yeah, as we keep going? Um, but, right, like, it's not what you want to see. Like, that first outing, seeing what he did, is like, oh, okay, well, that's, that's good at least, right? The second outing, having the best art, which I hope it's not like this in AAA now. I hope it's not one good, one bad down there. Because... <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if, if his pattern continues, like, oh my God. But anyways, you know, seeing this bad outing from him per se, uh, with the command was like, that's, that's a bit of issue. So I, I get it. It's not going to also change overnight because he's now just in AAA and all of his problems are gone. Um, so, so yes, you know, I just want to say for the people that look at this and say, oh my God, eh, that's why he's here. That's why he's here. Just stay patient, yep. which is all you can really do right now. To see if he can figure it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he'll probably continue to get those like two, two games a week. That would be my guess. Yeah. So we'll yeah see how see how he progresses. Well, the next one's going to be good. So let's hope so. <laughs> um, and then did we? Is there something else you want to touch on? God, I forget. We want to go into the the minors. Um, we could do that. We could touch on some uh, some trade rumors, maybe a little bit. Um, there was a lot of chatter yesterday. It was an off day yesterday, so I think people were bored. <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of <laughs> chatter. There was, I think it was uh, uh, someone threw out an athletic article by. Jim Jim Bowden, Jim Bowden, where he laid out some Brian Reynolds trade scenarios, right? So a lot of chatter on this, you know, where, you know, if you're Brian Reynolds, right, should we hold them and extend them? Should we trade them and maximize the return because maybe the window and the years just don't add up, right? Right. Um. I will say this, I haven't actually heard any anybody say like as far as national guys and local guys that they're there there is Brian Reynolds trade talks going on, right? Like you see all this mm. smoke around Adam Frazier, right? right. I, you, you don't really see any Brian Reynolds smoke. So I, I will say that. Like so all this all of this is just like pure speculation. Um but uh I, you know, uh, Jim Jim Bowden has this article with some possible trade situations, and he mentions Brian Reynolds and Rich Rodriguez going to Atlanta, and in the return being you know a package of 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 guys, but you know really the headliner is um, Drew Waters, who is an outfield prospect for the Braves. Um, also, Kyle Wright coming back, you know, in the deal to twenty five year old starter hasn't really had a ton of success in the majors, but he was a decent prospect coming up too. Right. Um, he was a fifth overall pick in, in 2017. So he, um, 
so he lays out this situation and 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 then really immediately pirates fans are like this isn't enough in order in order for this to happen we would need pache or we would need <laughs> um shay langoliers right so it's like i i think we're to the point where when it comes to a brian reynolds trade like there's just not going to be a team that can give up the value needed for him and, and i think that that situation yesterday kind of comes into effect because it's like okay well you know that that return is pretty good actually right i mean drew waters is a top 50 prospect in baseball you've got another 25 year old starting pitcher kyle wright who great pedigree good stuff he just really he hasn't right found in. it yet in the majors. he replaces yeah, I mean, will he, crow <laughs> yeah I mean, he's 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 in your starting rotation and, and is like okay this is a guy who could develop into something nice right um so so it's like it, it's not a it's not a bad trade you know from from a value standpoint but then you you know you've got these people who are like no we would need pache and it's like okay well Christian Pache is like the number eight prospect in all of baseball. I don't think you're adding him to the steal. So, um, yeah, it's, I think it's just to the point now where with Reynolds, he's gotten, he's, he's playing so well right now that there, there's not going to be a package for him. I mean, cause yeah, I actually kind of get it. Like you would need, you would need more than a top 50 prospect for Brian Reynolds at this point. The, the dude's on pace to have like a five plus war season this year. Right. And let's say you, let's say you, you anticipate him not doing that, but let's say you have four win seasons going forward. You know, you've got 16 wins coming from Brian Reynolds out of the, in the next four years. Right. And all arbiters. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to have to like, in order to move that, you're going to need a pretty significant return. And, and I just don't know if there's any teams out there who are going to do that. And then here's where I think you can separate two things and understand, because I think there is some truth to the, like the Pache combat. Like, I think there's some truth where like the value for the pirates isn't going to be there. Like it's, it's going to be more valuable to keep Brian Reynolds as a pirate than it is for the return. Like on paper in a vacuum, if you take some of these deals, it makes sense. It's even, but an even deal, like it doesn't make sense for the Pirates. You know what I mean? So like a team, if if a trade, that's probably why there is no smoke to this too. Because like if a team's going to trade for Brian Reynolds, it's probably going to have to be a clear overpay for, for you know, Charrington to say, well, let's make that happen. Okay. So that's why part of me says, well, it's true. You're going to have to have this type of package. But I think some people are valuing Brian Reynolds as that guy also like he's good and that's why i i've got some people want to make their you were part of it jim their uh interpretation of my cutch comparison i want to put that comparison because like i want to show you like how good brian reynolds has been you know obviously coming after the 2020 season like newman you had a lot of questions 19 was good 2020 was terrible and all brian reynolds has done so far has shown forget 2020 Get that all those numbers out of there. That's not him at all. 19 and 21 is Brian Reynolds. And those numbers are fantastic. Now, I'm not going to be the guy that says, well, if you count out 2020, here's what he did. Even with his 2020 starts, when you compare him to Kutch's start and stuff, like, like he's been really good. I think a lot of us felt Brian Reynolds was going to be a nice complimentary piece, you know? And now he's shown, I mean, he's everything like, Brian Hayes to the most part. I mean, like they're the, the in that same looked, stratosphere. Like it's it's yeah, Hayes I mean, and Reynolds. You know, yeah. these are two he, guys he you can build around. He should be an all star, right? And I don't think it's fluky. I don't know. If, like I don't suspect he's going to keep this pace for the rest of the year. But how much is of a drop off that it really even matters? Like he's still a good player. Like, is he going to be having a 150 plus way to runs created plus? Probably not. But can he sustain 130? I think he's, hell yeah, he can. You know, he's proven that, yeah. you know, in 2019 and such. And with that type of production, like you said, like he's easily a three to four win player. I mean, you can book that every year. It's like the Stolly Marte. Like, you know, he he's entering Stolly Marte territory. He is a, a good player, not just a guy. And 
So, but the, here's the thing too. Like, I do believe some people, and I've seen it out there, are like, well, if you're gonna trade Reynolds, you need like a Wander Franco. Now pump your brakes, <laughs> okay? Yes, he has been good, but he's not a Wander Franco return either. So that's not going to be the case. <laughs> that's even for an overpay. I'm like, holy hell, the Pirates did what? <laughs> you know, that's not happening. That's not happening. Um, but I can understand, yes, it might take this type of package to get a Reynolds. Uh, but it's only been because that's what you're going to need for for Charrington to say, I'll part with him. It's going to be an overpay. Yeah, and, and, and again, I just, yeah, I just don't, I don't really see it happening at this point. Because yeah, I mean, if people are out there saying we, we, we would need, we would need Wander. You know, you're, you're talking about one of the one of the greatest prospects of all time. Um, all time, fam. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of today is Wander Day. It so is. That he's is trying to take he's trying to take away that uh, that Ronzi Day. Yeah, Wander and Rowansy Day both today. Yeah, Wander Day though. I'm I'm super pumped for that. But but no, you're right. It's just it, it doesn't make sense for the Pirates to do it like unless there's going to be this huge overpay, and I just don't see a team doing that um, because I, I don't know if other teams are going to give up top twenty prospects for. For, for Brian Reynolds. Teams aren't giving up prospects these days happen. either. You know, like they're hanging on yeah. to those guys. Right. So I, I just don't don't really Unless see it it's happening. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a few weeks, um, Jim. We had to bring it up, you know. All right, let's move on. <laughs> but but yeah, like I, I want to go back to Reynolds because he's he has turned into a really good player. And the one thing I want to kind of point out in particular is that, you know, what I see is the main difference in his progression here is the walk rate, you know, his on base percentage, he's basically flirting, flirting with 400 right now. Um, He's walking a little bit over 12% of the time, his rookie year, you know, that great rookie year, he was around eight, 8.4. So he's at 12.4 now. Um, and that's, I mean, that's, that's huge. I mean, he's now, his on-base percentage is about hundred points higher than his batting average. So if you're thinking he's going to be 300 hitter, which he, that, that's kind of, that's who he is, you know, someone who's in on base four out of 10 times. And, you know, he looks like he's going to end up being like a 20, 20 plus Homer guy. That's the other part. You're talking about a good, good player. <laughs> like he's, he's, I, I've been I've been nothing but impressed with him. Very very happy with the way he's turning out. And, and you're right. Like that's the other thing. He hasn't he hasn't bat like under 300. You know, like his whole career opposed to last year. So I think that was excuse me one of the over unders I presented to somebody or whatever because that. And you're right. Like right now he's at 299. Like he has that hit tool. But the other thing too is the power. Like he is showing that. You know what? There is more to Brian Reynolds. He, he does have some power in the tank. He's got 12 over this year. You know, he had 16 his rookie year in 546 plate appearances. Now he's got 12 and 282. I'm not saying he's going to go out there and hit 30-plus home runs, right? But we kind of just felt like, you know, he, he, good average. He might get you, like, you know, 12 to 16, maybe 20 as a peak one time. And now it looks like, you know what, maybe the power is there. You know, 20 to 25 home runs a year with, you know, a 300 average. You know, like, like, all the skills. Like, the only thing he doesn't have is, like, he's not going to steal bases. And I'm okay with that, <laughs> but yeah. he he has adequate power. He's got a really good hit tool. He gets like everything he does, and he's not a center fielder, but he can play. He, he's also yeah. a very capable left fielder, though, not Marte level, but a very capable left fielder. So there's not a lot yeah. that you don't see like you can't like in this guy. No, and he, and he is a good like he doesn't steal bases, but he is a good base runner. So like all of the base running statistics, he, he seems like he's a good base runner there. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned, yeah, defensively, he's not he's not great out there in center field, but he's also not awful. And he's he's competent. Um, I, I think ideally he's in left field, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, but he's definitely shown that he's certainly capable of handling the center field 
position. He doesn't become, he's not like some major liability. It's not as if it's like you're, because we've had some really big plug and play center fielders, you know, with injuries and such. And it's been bad. It's been really bad. Oh, especially Cole Tucker last year, a little bit there. But, you know, like he, he doesn't expose the team. It's not as if like Brian Reynolds there, he's going to cost so many games. He's capable, which is good. He's, he's impressed me in center field. I'll put it that way. Yeah, so, yeah, no, he's been he's been good. Cool. Cool. <laughs> no, I, no, there's not much more to say. I think I think you have to this off season. You approach him and see where where you can be with with an extension. I know that his his numbers they add up to you. You've got him already until he's 31, I think. But you know, maybe maybe try to get another one to two years out of him. He may not be up for that because he may not want to hit free agency at 33 right i mean that's another thing too i mean in order to, to do an extension reynolds also has to be willing to do it and you know he kind of he kind of cracked the majors a little late at 24 mm-hmm. so that's already kind of pushing his free agency back a little bit so so if you're reynolds do you say okay you know what i'm just going to take this money I won't become a free agent until 33 or do you bet on yourself and say, you know what, if this is who I am and I hit free agency at 31, then I might be in line for, you know, a five year, hundred million dollar deal. Right. So it's, it's, I mean, it's the gamble that he's going to have to take. Do you take that guaranteed money now or do you wait? You know? Yeah. And, And like on the pirate side, uh, and I'm not, this isn't me by any means saying you screwed up. Because after 2020, like there are some real questions. So, are you even willing? Do you want to sign this guy? And he turns into, I used an example, but Tabata. <laughs> By the way, sign Tabata. I'll bring him back. But you know, like, right. do you want to? Do you want to give him that extension? Which it would be. I mean, Tabata's was so cheap. By the way, I mean, this you still would have to give him a valid extension. But like, do you want to get an extension? And he it doesn't pan out, or do you just hold on? And they held on. Which I think was the probably the right move, but he's proven that he's really good. So now that money has done nothing but gone up. Uh, so it's like, yeah, if you're going to give an extension, like you are going to have to pay. But at the same time, it's like <sighs> you got to pony up money sometime. Like this is where we talk about. Yeah. Like, I understand the Pirates aren't going to have a two hundred million dollar payroll. You know, this isn't a, like they're not going to spend tons of money. I get they don't have the resources, but this is like the scenario where it's like where it matters. Like. Brian Reynolds probably is going to cost you some money now that you don't want to do, but you might have to pony it up. And it just is what it is. Like this is where you invest in the club because having Brian Reynolds here in 2024, 2025, maybe 2026 might really matter. Opposed to saying, well, mm-hmm. you know, for those extra millions, no. If, it, if it's going to cost you this much, it yeah. might just have to cost you this much. What's it matter to you more? Like winning, like being in the, you know, contention or saying no, he's out of our price point, and then now you've lost Brian Reynolds when you're in contention. Yeah, I mean, it's basically that you, you've you've got to make up your mind pretty soon. You know, do you want Brian Reynolds to be on this next competitive team? You know, for for more than a year, right? Like, do you want it to just be 2023, and then you got to ship him out, or? Do you want him on there for 23, 24, 25, 26? Yes. You, and that's you make why I said, there. like, I, I'll never yeah. have any beef with anyone who wants to talk about possibly trading him because of that. Like that, to me, that's one of the biggest differences with like this new core that's coming opposed to like in 2012, like the old core, you know, they were able to lock up guys like Kutch and Marte and whatever. So like you were able to have them prolonged. I don't expect Hayes to be signed to an extension, period. If he signs an extension, I will be completely shocked. So I'm already booking yeah. him not doing it. And if Reynolds doesn't sign an extension, that's that's major. Like two of your main pieces, mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're Kutch Marte level, but what I'm saying is like those were two big pieces early on that signed this, you know, these extensions. So you knew you had them for a length of time that you can stay relevant and competitive for. And if Reynolds mm-hmm. and and Hayes aren't, like that time is is ticking right now of this window, and that's yeah. it. Then they're gone. 
no, you're right. I mean, so it, it comes down to first off, are they going to, are they willing to do it? Um, if they are, then I, I think you, you've got to just figure it out and, and get it done. Both of them, you know, right. I, I I'm lean, I'm starting to lean a little bit more towards, you know, it's going to be tougher to sign Hayes because uh, he seriously seems like a legit superstar. So I think if you're going to lock him up, it is, it is going to cost a decent amount of money, but again, I think it's just one of those situations. Like I think with Hayes, you just got to, you got to, you got to get it done. Like if, if he's willing to do it at all, you need to figure out a way to do it. Reynolds, like I said, I could see both arguments. I would like to have, have him, you know, stay, but I could, I could, I could see it both ways, you know? Same. Um, yeah. So that, that'll, it'll just be interesting to see if this off season, we, we see any of those extensions. I'm firmly on it. If you can't extend Reynolds, he should be traded at some point. Why? Why, why have him? Why have three of his years yeah. go to waste? Yeah, because I mean, at this point, um, I, I mean, at this point, you still would have him for 2023, 20, 24, and 25, right? But that's it. Well, that's the thing you say, but. Thing is, you say twenty five, yeah. but realistically, it's probably going to be twenty four. You're right. Realistically, you're trading. you probably trade him because right. there's no extension, so you're going to get yeah. something out of him. So, like, really, it's it's twenty twenty four with him. Yeah, that's his last year in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Unless you extend him, right? Right. Yeah, we'll just have to see again. We'll have to see if if he's willing to do it. If he's willing to do it, I think you gotta you gotta figure something out. Same. He's I'm also gonna be a super extending him. Yeah. He should be a um he'll be a super two guy yeah. this offseason. So that may even try to you know, they that may be something that you know just get some cost certainty in there too. That may be a thing that they that they go for. True, true. Okay. Well, we've definitely uh, touched on Reynolds. And yes, that was such a topic yesterday. It seemed like the Twitter was just on fire with, with Reynolds. Right. I don't know how it right. started. Someone put out an article there and it just went to hell. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, I, I tweeted something and then everybody started having conversations in my mentions. And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, I know we're running short on time here. Um, like you said, it is Ronzi day. Yeah, and he's on the he was on Baseball America's hot list again, hot prospect list. So hopefully he just keeps that going. Um, quick, qu- we won't spend a ton of time on the minor leagues, but uh, yeah. there was some O'Neill Cruz news this weekend. Um, Neil Huntington says that uh, he's he's going to spend a little more time in Altoona, and he wants him to start playing other positions and move around the diamond and you know play outfield things like that. And he said he wants him to do that at Altoona. So kind of interesting because, you know, we were always wondering, Hey, is this, is he going to stick a shortstop? Is he going to move? This is, this is really one of the first times I think we've heard him come out and say, yeah, he's going to play other positions. Right. Yeah. Um, and he's going to do it at Altoona. He mentioned he hasn't had more than 300 plate appearances yet there. I think that's kind of dumb. I mean, there's plenty of people who, haven't had 300 plate appearances in Altoona. I would like to see him move to AAA. And if you're going to move him around, move him around there. I don't see what he needs to be in Altoona still for, but yeah, it's whatever. I'm indifferent on the whole situation. There's going to be people who will probably come at me like you're an idiot. He's a shortstop. I mean, I have reservations as well. Um, I get like if he can be a shortstop, that's tremendous value on the type of player he can be. I, I absolutely get that. You know, I don't believe he belongs on first base. Obviously, uh, you know, if anything, he'd be in the outfield. Like, I think it's I, I mentioned too. Like, I think we've by default put him in right field. Like, what if he could be a great center fielder though? Also, you know, like that's a so. Mm-hmm. What if it's not shortstop, but it's center field? I mean, there's a, definitely a hole in center field, potentially, especially with Swagger's injury. You know, I mean, that arm plays, if that athleticism plays. I mean, center field's still a premium, like, defensive position. What if it's center field? 
I mean, the, the value is still there. Like that type of t a hitter at center field is still valuable. But I get the whole shortstop thing. I'm on board with it. Like if he can stick it short, that's great. And I would give him every possibility, and they have. But there's still some worries because he still has a lot of errors. So I don't think like moving him around right now is going to hurt him. At short, if that makes sense. I don't know. I don't think it's going to stunt his growth. Like, well, he can't be a shortstop now. Like, he still can be. But let's experience, you know, experiment him elsewhere. See what else he can do. Because he might have to learn a new position at some point. You know, I I'm okay with it. I'm indifferent. Ultimately, I want him to be a shortstop. And I want to be a good shortstop. But I do have reservations if he can be it. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think you, you can look at the just the errors right and say uh yeah i don't know if that'll play in the majors right um but again if he can play shortstop then you're looking at a dude who's again i mean there's never Sorry. been a shortstop like him before in baseball he would be he would be the tallest shortstop in major league history and just and, not, and, and to kind of stop you, like I want to make sure the point that point there is like it's not just yeah. I look at him and say he's six seven he can't do it because there's a there's a large group of people that just say he can't do it just because you like they look mm -hmm. at him. It's nothing right. like that. It's just purely because of the errors and such that he does make. But I mean, he does make yeah. some really good plays though. Also, yeah, I mean that's a, it's I'd like to see him still play shortstop. I, I want to see if he can do it. So like I, I want him to play shortstop in the majors and like just see if he can do it. Uh, I mean we've seen tapes from Altoona, but you know you only see the good stuff and the bad stuff. You don't really see routine things and day to day activities, right? So it's hard to hard to really get a gauge on him. I, like I would love to see him just go out, you know, when he gets called up, just like be the everyday shortstop for a month and see how he handles the situation. That's fair. And if it doesn't work out, then, then you can move him. But, but yeah, like, I think you, you, you have to play him at shortstop if he's capable of playing major league shortstop. Cause it's just the, the value that you would get out of that is just insane. I mean, it's kind of like, and the then whole, you can worry yeah. about other yeah. people and the positions mm -hmm. later. Yep, exactly. I mean, if it ends up being Nick Gonzalez, the center fielder ends up being Nick Gonzalez, the center fielder, this is what it is. Right. I'm cool with that. Okay. Um, anything else you wanted to touch on or are we out of here? I think we'll do it. That'll do it. All right. Ram rambled on for a little more than an hour here. So the Pirates have, what, 20 games in a row? So that means we will yeah. be back for NS9 Live after again. There actually is a game on a Thursday that we can talk about afterwards. Um, so, yeah, we'll get you guys. Uh, oh, yeah, not tomorrow because today is Tuesday. On Thursday, we'll be back for NS9 Live, and we'll talk to you then. So, bye-bye. See you guys.